here at the top. See how it says live? Mm -hmm. It'll kind of do that. So, okay, so we're here. We're live. Welcome to our, um, I want to say Saturday night, but it's not Monday night fam series. I'm super stoked about um, our guest tonight. I probably should wait. I hate how some people will like, I don't hate it. It's awesome. But some people wait for like three or four minutes to get the viewers to come on. So they like sit and kind of diddle dally. But I always jump right into it because I just am excited. So um, anyway, so my name is Rachel Piocini. For those of you guys who don't know me, Piocini, get your little hand up there. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I'm super stoked to have um, Heather on here with us tonight. So We'll just kind of chit chat for a second, catch up why the why we build. We'll get ourselves to build. <laughs> we'll build our audience, and then we will get into her story. Um, how are you? We didn't even get a chance to like chit chat before. Hey, I'm good. I'm just um, I'm actually technically working right now. I work from home, and I I, I think I told you that. But I my no. boss is covering the the phones for me right now, so we're oh, all good. Yeah. I know that's what the one good thing I think like somebody today I had to I was going to pick some supplies up and they're like oh we can't I can't do it today because the weather I'm staying home and I'm like that's the one thing I love about COVID though like that we can really say we love I don't know I I can find the positive in it because like if you don't want to go to work because it's a snow day like people have the ability to stay home now it's true it's true yeah. I mean I I, I'm really grateful that I get to work from home. I mean, and I work in treatment, so I get to help people, you know, too. But yeah, I love my job. Yeah, I know. You work at Brighton? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I love Brighton. Yeah, I do too. It's yeah. I'm really grateful I work I work for them. It's been a yeah. great opportunity for me. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, no, we've sent a lot of people there over the last three, well, not we, but I have, or we, whatever, whoever we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whoever the, we are the recovery collective, you know, yes. there's a, yes. so many of us. Yeah, like I've become, it's everything is we. There is no I anymore because it is such a group. As you know, it's it's a community effort for everything oh, yeah. that we do. So, so much, so much. Yeah, cool. So let's go. We can just kind of jump into it. So you guys, this is Heather. I don't know too much about your story, so I can't even give you too much of an intro other than you're beautiful. I love you. We're total Facebook buddies, you know? And so I'm, I'm probably more excited than a lot of people just to actually like get to know you and learn a little bit more about you and how you've become to be like just the person you are today. So um, we can kind of just, I'll let you take the reins and have at it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Heather. Um, so I guess, let's see, I guess I'll start. I mean, I grew up in a small town, um, Northwest of Ogden. Um, and, uh, my parents divorced when I was really little and there was a lot of contention with that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, I kind of grew up feeling like, and even though this wasn't my parents' intentions, I, I kind of grew up feeling like I, didn't belong there or I wasn't, I wasn't wanted or I wasn't good enough or, you know, whatever. And, uh, that kind of carried over or it really carried over into my, um, into the rest of my life, but like into my high school years, like I really got, I was, I was addicted to people before I was addicted to, um, uh, drugs or alcohol, right? Like I, I wanted to, I wanted everyone to love me and I wanted everyone to like me. So I was going to do, I was going to become whoever you wanted me to become in order to, not when I came to my parents, so I didn't want to do what they wanted me to do. So I was like, fuck school, fuck, you know, anything conventional, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, that like codependency and that insecurity, that was just kind of like, uh, just how I operated. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried alcohol and, you know, like weed, whatever in high school, but I really didn't get into it too much. And I, I got pregnant at 20 and had my first daughter at 21. And, um, you know, I, I kind of started drinking at that time, but I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't like, uh, like a crazy alcoholic when I was with my first husband because he was, and I really hated it. I mean, I, I, I couldn't stand it. Like I was, I was resentful of it. And so anyway, um, we had two kids. Um, I had a son four years later and that marriage lasted about seven years and it was, it was pretty terrible. Um, mostly because, uh, you know, he was, he was in his sickness and I was 
an enabler and I was a, you know what I mean? I had a victim and whatever else. Um, and then I meet my second husband and, you know, and he's also an alcoholic, but he makes it look a lot more fun because he's got money. Right. So for him, he was in the weed game. Right. So he could, he had a lot of money and he didn't have to put a lot of time into his job. So he, you know, mimosas for breakfast, bloody Mary's for breakfast, like whatever. It was all glamorous in a way. Right. Um, so I got into drinking with him and next thing I know, I have like this physical addiction, to alcohol, um, 2007, I went to treatment for that. Um, I got sober, um, and stayed sober for like four years. Um, oh yeah. And I should mention right when, like in 2010, we had a son, uh, my husband and I, my second husband and I, um, and so we were sober when we had him, we got married when we had him. And, um, also I should mention, I guess this is kind of an important thing. My second husband was very abusive. Um, he was, uh, you know, it, it got physical, but it was very, very psychologically abusive for a long time, verbally, mentally, emotionally, you know, um, and I was, I was very stuck in that. Um, but we got sober and then it was a little better, you know, I mean, now that I know what healthy is, it wasn't great, but it was better, you know? And so we had my son and then we, we were both sober for about, like I said, four years. We weren't in recovery though, which I now know the difference between abstinence and recovery, right? Um, abstinence is not sustainable, at least not that I've ever seen, um, not for a long time. Anyway, so about four years in, um, I started, I thought I was cured of alcoholism because I didn't know about it because I didn't get recovery. You know what I mean? So I just, I thought it was something that I just needed to take a break from and then I could drink again. And then about, I don't know, three months into that, it was, uh, it was bad. I was drinking all day long, you know, and, I, and, um, and then I don't know about, I feel like I want to say like, maybe like only a few months after we started drinking, he introduced me to heroin, which is like, you know, I don't know not usually a quick jump from alcohol to heroin, but, um, Hey, I was <laughs> fucking sick, you know? <laughs> so I tried it and I fucking liked it, you know? And, um, I, I hope language is okay. Everyone's kind of been, this is how I talk, but, um, so I, so I got into that. Right. And I, and I got into it and, um, you know, within a year, a year and a half of, of trying that drug for the first time, um, I had lost my home. My husband was in prison. Uh, my I had lost my son to DCFS, the youngest. Um, and I don't need to go into the details of that because anyone who's ever been through that understands. Um, or even if you haven't, if you have kids, you can probably imagine. Um, and then, you know, we um, he was in prison. I was homeless. And like, I had never been homeless before. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, what's the word? A survivor right and i was like i'm not sleeping outside i gotta figure something out you know what i mean so i started selling drugs and doing little hustles and all this little shit and of course the one thing i was never gonna do well i was never gonna shoot up drugs but then of course it's cheaper it's economical right and i got into meth which i was never gonna do either so now i got you know two things going on cocaine i was like you know shooting up all three um <clears throat> and i thought I, and then i started hustling the streets and um you know, and meth definitely made me think I was doing a really good job at that. Like it has that ability to like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh hell yeah. Like I'm all out of control out here. Staying at the, yeah, staying at the at the gateway, like I'm balling out of control, you know, like because because in my mind, because I had a place to sleep, I was doing way better than those other junkies, you know, on the street. Yeah. Uh anyway, so I um so I and I so then I, so once I started, I found out about sex work, right? And that was also something I was never going to do, but the opportunity presented itself. And so I was like, well, fuck it. Like, uh, in my mind, it was like easy money. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, it gave me some independence. That sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it was like, I always had a place to stay and I always had money for drugs. The two things that I cared about. And all the while, I, I should mention, I, my two older kids, um, I didn't lose them, but I abandoned them because the moment I lost my youngest son, in my mind, I was no longer a mother. Like I was no longer qualified to take on that, to, to have that role. So I just fucking was like, bye, you know, and they would see me. I go to jail every July. I don't know. July is like my month to go to jail. Um, and so then I'd be like, oh, I'm never gonna do that again. I'd get out, I'd stay clean for 30 days or whatever, and then go back out all the while never getting recovery. I've been to treatment though, 
you know, seven times I should mention, but I never thought I needed to do recovery. I always just thought I needed to just get it, you know, get away from the drugs for a minute. And, um, so all that shit went on for about five years, I guess. And then, um, the last time I ever went to jail was, uh, November or sorry, July 22nd of 2018. And, um, and I caught some pretty, pretty serious charges at that point. And like APMP was like ready to, you know, terminate me, but make me do every day I was running in jail. So I was going to be doing like a couple years at ADC, which is fucking horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Nobody should ever be there. No, it's I was like, long. just send me to prison. Like, I don't, I yeah. can't, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I was kind of like, okay. Like, and that was like the moment where I was like, I, I can't do this shit. Like, I can't, this is not working for me. Um, and I'd never really gotten to, I always knew it wasn't working, but I never got to that point where I was like, holy, like, I really like, please, like, I need some answer here. And um, I was introduced to AA in jail by my, um, I had a, uh, a cellmate that was like, she was about it, you know, and she was this older lady and she'd been there forever. And she was always in a good mood and it really pissed me off. Cause I was like, I don't know, you know, you've been here almost a year and you're just always in a good mood and this place is hateful. And, um, I was really stressing out and she just told me to pray about it. And I looked at her and I was like, I always share this, but I said to her, I feel really bad now because she was like serious about the Bible and whatever. But I said, oh, okay, that's like, uh, I might as well write a letter to Mickey Mouse and have him get a hold of the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and let's all have a, a get together, you know? And her face was just like, <laughs> you know? And she just said to me, well, if it's not real and you don't, if it doesn't mean, if you don't believe in it or if it's not real and it's, well, how's it going to hurt you? And I was just like, okay, you got me there. So, you know, I, that was like my first moment to actually like, no, like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get all into any of that right now. But like, I, as far as like my spirituality goes, like, I don't have a thing. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? I just have a connection somehow. Usually my spiritual connection is through others. Right. And so, and like that whole, like just pausing and like praying or whatever, um, it just kind of gave me a moment to like put my, uh, my intentions, you know, for the day or whatever. Um, and then I started reading the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and that introduced me to that program. Um, I got out and I, you know, I started, um, I started a treatment, like I started an outpatient and I went, I did like, like I had nowhere to go, you know, and I was lucky enough to have a family member that helped me with sober living and, um, the outpatient. And I, I'm really glad I did that because I had a lot of sexual trauma. Um, I had the trauma of losing my child just, you know, like we, as addicts, we have trauma, like we, whether or not we had it before we got addicted, <laughs> we always have it. You know what I mean? We fuck our lives up and we do a lot of shitty things to ourselves. And, and, um, you know, and I really needed that. I like, like AA is my, is my maintenance and AA is like, helped me a ton. And, but I needed that, that therapy piece, you know, I needed to do the trauma work and I needed to do, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and I had a really great therapist. And then I also had a really great sponsor. You know, I, I have a really great sponsor in a that was fucking hard on me. He was also in sex work. You know what I mean? Take no shit. Like just, I needed someone that was a whipcracker, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know. It was like, right. As soon as I started doing all that stuff, it was like, I, I don't know. I got really lucky um, in my recovery because I don't worry. I have attempted this many times and it wasn't fucking easy, but this time around, I don't know if it's because I, because I was just fucking beat down, you know, hadn't just had nothing left to give that I was willing to just do whatever. I didn't give a shit. Like I was just like, Oh, you, you know, you put crystals on your head at night and you know, and they burn incense. Like, that's what you do. Okay. I'll try that. You know what I mean? Anything that anyone would, would, would ask me to, I was like, all right, if it's working for you, I'm going to try it. <laughs> and I was really, you know what I mean? And I was really open-minded too. Like, I was just like, if my sponsor would have said, I want you to stand, stand on your head every morning and say prayers in Japanese every morning, I'd be like, all right, word, I'll do it. You know? Um, because I, I just, I had no answers, none whatsoever. And I wasn't just, that didn't just start with my heroin and alcohol addiction, right? That goes back to my beginning, like for as early as I can remember, I never felt sure of myself. I never liked myself. I never, you know what I mean? I never, and drugs was something I, I was, I, you know, like the, and the, the sex work was kind of empowering. Cause it was like the first thing that I was really good at, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that sounds crazy. I know, but like, 
surviving the streets was like, oh shit, look at me, like I'm a hustler, you know? Um, so, and really that's not true. That's not the only thing I was good at, but in my mind, that was the first thing that I was actually like, oh, look, I'm, I'm succeeding at this. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, and um, in, so in Sober Living, I was introduced to, well, not Sober Living, sorry, IOP, I met Austin. Gillespie, that's my my partner in crime. Um, and actually the funny story with that is, so I, I thought, cause I was so codependent, I thought I needed a man like immediately, you know, like I've got four days sober, I need a man, even though I honestly, <laughs> like did not need a man, like I was so sick with it. But he, um, so he comes to IOP, like I was already there and he like comes from residential to this IOP. And, and I was like, and we got along and we had all these things in common. I was like, oh yeah, yeah okay. This, cause I prayed about it. Like, give me a man, you know? And that's what, you know, and here comes Austin. I was like, oh, this is the guy, this is the guy that, you know? And then he, I find out he was gay and I was like, ah, there's my answer. That's my answer. I don't, that's my man, you know, a gay man. So anyway, I got really tight with Austin. He's, he, he became like a very, very good support to me. We both really like supported one another, but, um, he had this idea where he'd been, he'd been doing this thing with, you know, dance with sobriety was what it was originally called. And he's like, do you want to do this with me? I'm like, I have no background in dance. Like, I don't know. I have no, you know, and he's just like, he's like, no, no, no. Like I want you to, you know? And so I was like, all right. And I was taught, you know, early, you know, by my sponsor and, you know, some other people that are in the, in recovery that, you know, take healthy risks in recovery, you know, like say yes to shit that you normally wouldn't. And I don't give a shit what it is, like, you know, and I, and I take, I took that to heart and I also try and turn that around and give it up to other people because that's what saved my, that's one of the things that saved my ass was getting involved in service. You know what I mean? Like, help me get out of my outside of myself but also taking healthy risks like when someone you know so he asked me to do this and i was like but i said yes and um i'm so glad i did you know because he's one of my best friends but also we got this opportunity to do this thing that's you know it's unique and it's cool you know and and so like i have the i have the 12-step background and that's what works for me but i also another thing that austin and i were were um what's been cool is that we you know as it's evolved like so over the past two years. Um, I've also done like, you know, outreach with self to hope, you know, and that's what this yes, is, you know, you matter. I know I should be wearing a dance with some, or a recovery vibe shirt, but, uh, hey, but the you matter shirt, shirt, sweatshirt. Like I gotta get one. Everybody so should cool. have one. Yeah. Everybody so cool. should have a you matter. Somebody. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's super cool. I should have a recovery vibe shirt on. Austin's probably, and in fact, he's calling me right now. Who knows why? Austin. <laughs> Hi, Austin. Know, we love you. He knows, he knows <laughs> I'm on here. I don't know what he's doing. He's thinking. So anyway, yeah. So, um, so it was like, uh, like it was, um, it was like a, a, a really, another thing that I got involved in, like, so I did the 12 step stuff, but also that was like, that, that was a community. Right. Yeah. And the very, it was the very, when I started doing stuff like with recovery soldiers, sub to hope, dance with sobriety, like, um, you know, just bam, we have, I've done a little bit of like, you know, with, for unsheltered people, um, like whatever, but like early on it was, it was pretty much you know, uh, AA recovery soldiers dance with sobriety. Yeah. And all of that was just like fun and recovery and connection. And like, I, and you know, and like, I, I share this a lot, but, um, people before I got into recovery, you know, people were commodities to me. Right. Especially men. Cause I, you know, that's how I made my money, but, but just in general, you know, that house, you know, that whole thing, like where I, I, you know, what can you do for me? What can I get from you? What is your hustle? What, you know what I mean? Like, there's never, it was never like, I didn't give a shit about you. I just cared what you could do for me. And so when I first got in, you know, sober, it was like, it was so dope to be like, oh, I, I get to like go and help people. Like I get to mm, give of myself and get out of myself. Um, and, you know, I mean, my, one of my most, uh, probably like, I mean, now, you know, like I said in the beginning that I, I was addicted to people, that was my first addiction. And that was like in a sick way. That was like, in a, that was in like a, uh, a manipulative way, right? Like I'm going to do stuff for you so that you will like me. You know what I mean? It was always for like a motive. There was a motive behind it, but now I'm addicted to serving people, not for me, you know, but because it gives me purpose. Yes. But it's not to get, you know, pop, you know, like, like, a it's not to get like brownie points or, you know, a trophy or whatever. It's because I, it's like, it's, it's like, it's always been my, my life's mission. 
And I just had to go through all this other bullshit <laughs> to yeah, figure yeah, it out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And I, and you know, and, and with recovery vibe, it's evolved, like I said, and, and I'm really grateful that Austin was on board with, you know, and that we were both cool to like, that we, we came to this, I, this, this, um, we came to this agreement that we should change the name of our nonprofit because, um, you know, we wanted it to be inclusive rather than exclusive. And the word sobriety can be exclusive for a lot of reasons. I mean, some people are not in recovery from an addiction to a substance, right? I mean, some people are, there's lots of different things to be recovering from. And then also there's different pathways to sobriety. You know what I mean? Like not everyone, there's harm reduction. There's just all kinds of different avenues that I'm really grateful that, you know, we can open that up. But um, yeah, and then just getting to work in treatment. I worked at Odyssey House before I worked for Brighton. And uh, I, you know, I fucking loved that job, you know, loved that population. Those were my people, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. There's all the homies. I feel yeah. like starts in Odyssey House who works in treatment for the most part. But most, I mean, a good, I mean, sadly, it, we think there are people, but like they're so abnormal to the real crowd. It's like 80% of the people who are addicted are live at home with their families and go to work and there's this huge population and then we get this small population of what you and I experienced you know North Temple and all those areas in downtown Salt Lake and it's like we think that's the norm but we were yeah. just extremists you know what I'm saying like we went yeah. through walls to the wall and did our damn things and whatever but oh yeah but Odyssey House it's like it's a really good program. My dad, actually, that's like my family, a little background about me. I'm not going to, this is your show, but. It's, 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 oh, no, we're, we're talking. I've been talking yeah. for 20 minutes. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so where he was, my dad's from New York and he started off and he was in Odyssey House in New York. And he came as, you know, when he had found recovery to come and open the Odyssey House here in Salt Lake. So his like oh, recovery no, no. Uh, that's how my family like and then he met my mom like down at the white house the little it's like a what a, not a frat not a frat house but a college house next door and so she like fell in love with the druggy guy from new york recovery 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 and not i don't want to say druggy dad but it was just like she fell in love with the bad guy so like out of the white house has like huge history to my family because that's how my parents met on those two little balconies that are still there. <laughs> so, oh my god, I love that! I'm like, I wonder if anybody was conceived over there. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, my sisters, you know, <laughs> but, um, he'd die. He, my dad's probably hearing me say that upstairs, and one saying, like, she never, she just has no filter. <laughs> right I mean, there. it kind of goes with our territory, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so tell me, you know, because. Like as a twelve stepper, right? A lot of a lot of people will start in the program. Will start in with the program like you did. But you've gone to a different extreme again. Like you are working with soap to hope, right? And going out and doing on the a needle exchange and all these other things. Like that almost totally goes against what um what the twelve steps you know have like taught you in the beginning. So what is that? Did you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like that. And so I, you know, I go out of the box, you know, I, we have to love people, you know, yeah. and I know that that's, that's kind of the thing. Like we can't pressure people to go into recovery. And so you've got a really strong 12 step background. You yeah. know, what is it like trying to go in for you and be out of that norm? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I think, I you know what you're saying, like, as far as like, so my so first of all like with soap top like i have i haven't i haven't done outreach with them for a little bit but i did i was doing it pretty solid for about eight months um then covid happened and then i worked at odyssey and they didn't really want us out doing stuff and you know and then i just haven't gotten back to it that doesn't mean i don't love it and respect it and whatever but um i waited until i had a whole a full year sober before i ever went out um with soap to hope um because i just wanted to i i wanted to make sure my recovery was solid and and i and with that like so for me, like, <clears throat> um, you know, there's some kinds of service that I, I personally was, was, um, okay to do before I got through the 12 steps, you know what I mean? Like giving people rides, do this, do this, but to go yeah. into a trap house or to a fucking gateway motel or to yeah. hand out meals on the street, 
no way was I, there's no way I would have been able to do that without ramifications for myself. You know what I mean? So I had to, I had to use the 12 steps to get myself a really good, solid spiritual connection. You know, for me, that's what it's about. And then the 12th step is, is helping others. Right. Um, and you know, and that's, that, that's sponsorship. I do sponsor uh, women in AA, but I also take it a a step further. And, you know, to me, people are people. And I'll tell you right now, Damon Harris used to do needle exchange for me when I was out there and he kept me safe for many, many months. And he, you know, I know him because we were original peers at Odyssey house many years prior and, you know, he didn't judge me. He didn't, you know, he would say, he'd say stuff to me sometimes like, so are you done yet? You know, and then he'd be like, you look like you're done, you know, or whatever, you know, he'd he'd put the bug in my ear, like, you know, Hey, I got a bed if you want to go, you know, but he wasn't, he didn't, wasn't trying to push me. He wasn't trying to, and he always, he always showed up for me and he always made me feel like I wasn't a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And I needed, I needed some human decency, you know? And it wasn't long after like Damon was really kind of like, Hey man, I got a bed for you. Hey. Cause he could tell it. I think that I was like, you know, each time I'd see him, I'd be like, yeah, man, like, I think I need to stop, but I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? And I think he could kind of like see that. So he was kind of trying to get in there. And, um, I thanked him right after I got out of jail. Cause it was only like a few months after that, that I went to jail and, and, uh, you know, and I, and I really was appreciative of that. So to me and same with the sex work, like there were times when I was in one of those motels and I was just like, if I died right now, I'm a Jane Doe. Like I don't even have, I mean, obviously eventually they'd ident- ID me with my yeah. fingerprints or whatever, but I don't, nobody out here knows my real name. It's a street, it's street names. You know what I mean? And then like yeah. my family has no idea if I'm alive or dead and you know what I mean? It would just be. I just, so for me to be able to do the self-help thing, like, I don't think it goes against the 12 step thing at all. Like I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that would disagree with me, you know, on harm reduction and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, anything is better. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit what it is that your harm reduction is like, it's better than what it, you know? And even if that's, even if harm reduction is, is just you going out and saying to somebody like, I, I care about you. You matter. You're not, you're not forgotten to me. Like I hear you, I see you. That's, I mean, that's exactly why I'm sober. You know what I mean? So that I can be the person that that can bring that into the world. And I don't, yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, I feel like the 12 steps enabled me to do all of that. Yeah, that's so, right. Well, cause we're like in such, Utah is like, we're, in our, we're already in our own bubble, right? Like we have our, the tweakers here. Let me just tell you, if you haven't been out of state, the tweaker bubble in Utah, like tweaker town is so different than it is in LA, in New York, <laughs> totally different. Like you think you're coming to Utah, you come to like this mountain land country, dude, it's, I've never seen anything like it. Like I've lived in a backpack in, in Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. my, my whatever. And here I, I didn't know how to, it, dude, it blew my, it blew me away. So it's different, but, but now we've changed recovery is different here also because there's so many groups that are supporting harm reduction and harm it's like if you don't go out with one of the groups to do needle like like everybody's like oh we want to go do service oh go out you you know go do needle exchange or go out and do or help people get condoms you know what i mean like it's very common here and i just that blew me away because as i was trying to like start to figure things out i was it was different, but cause Salt Lake in general just has really, really good recovery. And there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, the, whatever kind of anonymous group you want, we've got it like New York city does. There's Alcoholics anonymous, heroin anonymous, crystal myth anonymous. I think there's a bath salt anonymous that somebody invited me to now. And I, was like, I should really be going to do that. Girl, um, moving on out to some new shit. But then I'm like, I don't really want to know these people. Cause, because those are my people. And then I'm like scared. So I'm in my little bubble wake over here. Yeah. Um, but we've evolved a lot. So what, like, what's it like with your kids now? Or have you, do you have your kids back? Are they, are you guys working on that? Yeah. So my, uh, no, my 17 year old son, he, or just turned 18. Sorry about that. Um, he lives with me. So we live, it's just me and him in an apartment. My, my daughter, my 22 year old daughter, she just, she doesn't, she lives on her own. Well, she lives with my mom right now. Cause she, she is like in between apartments, but, um, I don't, I only have a two bedroom, so she couldn't stay with me, but yeah, I talked to her all the time. We, in fact, you know, we're, we, we FaceTime like every day or she comes over to my house. Like we're very tight, very tight. In fact, like she, you know, had to go through this. She was in this very, this like very, she was in an abusive relationship. Um, not physical, but like 
psychological. And, you know, I've been able to like be, the fact that I can speak to that and understand like exactly what is going on there. She told me, she's like, I'm so grateful to have you in my life in this way right now, because you've helped me heal like, and, and, and get through it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really, it's been really, it's been really cool. I've been able to, and I have, so my son, my youngest son, I haven't seen him in six years and he, cause he was, he was four when um, I lost him. He, uh, my brother and his sister, his wife adopted him and I haven't seen them either. Right. So it kind of like, it caused this rift in our family because it was like, Oh, uh, you know, like I can't go to Christmas cause he'll be there. You know what I mean? And, and of course I played victim and I, I took that and I was like, Oh, I see. And I have to do, I have to use drugs now because you, you know, I like, I, and I hate, like she was my first name on my fourth step in, in when I was doing my 12 steps. And I literally like wrote her name down and I was like, what the fuck? Like, why would I resent this woman? She took this child yeah. from me and raised him when I could not, you know what I mean? So, so it turned into gratitude, right? That's what, that's what recovery gave me, right? Is this gratitude for the people that helped me. And so I was able to like, that was about two months ago, I called her and I was able to make an amends to her. And I, I decided to wait until I had more time to do that, you know, just yeah. so that I you know, build the trust, whatever. And I called her and she just bawled, you know, and she was just like, thank you so much for that you know and then and then that open talks for me to see him again and so and I, we were going to get together there i was going to get to see him for the first time um in six years on thanksgiving but covid didn't yeah. work out um probably christmas is gonna look the same but i'm i'm cool like i don't have expectation of it like i don't you know what i mean however it's gonna go but yeah i mean shit is getting pretty good, <laughs> good. so how old is your youngest now 10 10 and where do they live he lives in um he lives in Plain City, the town that I grew up in, which is Where's like that? Northwest. it's northwest of Ogden. It's like a little oh. farm town. Yeah. I people tell me all these towns, and I'm like, so what does that mean? Yeah, you're you not from here. Yeah, it's, I mean, even it's if you are from here, you that's not a town that people know. I know. I never know the the one up whatever up north. I'm I'm totally clueless. I'm yeah, yeah. Totally clueless. Yeah. Even so people that live here are about, so you guys do so recovery vibe is on thursdays right yep. you just yep. do thursday nights right now at what is it harton house i love yeah, it Harton house so which is three out. let's see 314 um 314 west broadway which is 300 south and yeah. there's the caputos and it's upstairs from the caputos um and yeah um it's uh it's cool like i mean we obviously we um you know we uh COVID has caused us to have to stop, stop all operations. I mean, we were before this, we were taking it into treatment centers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was dancing like probably three times a week, maybe four times a week. Um, and then we were also doing, you know, sober raves and, you know, different know. events. And so it's, I mean, obviously it, it'll, we'll get it back, but right now it's just like, there's not a lot that we can do. And so the Thursday class, luckily it's enough space that we can socially distance and, and do yeah. our thing but yeah it's every thursday at seven and then we yeah. have a kids class it's from six to seven before that i saw that that was so rad that's yeah. so awesome like kids and dancing like i have a whole bunch of friends like i my high school friends were all breakers and so a bunch of them are still like professional breakers today and two of them mm -hmm. do hip-hop classes and like breaker classes and they have these cute little kids that come their little dickies and their little little guinea keys and oh my god it's the cutest thing in the whole Aww. world all and just doing cute stuff so and yeah, like so it's so cool like if you if if you like get kids into it young right because they don't have the inhibitions that we have as adults right you know what i mean right. they're just like oh yeah they can, they don't they don't have anything telling them that they can't you can't do that or you you know what i mean and so yeah it's a whole time to get yeah but yeah well, i think so funny like so off of that like i had this conversation with a friend the other day and like one of the hardest parts for us people in recovery, right? Is like during COVID or, or whatever, when we have like a hard time, our brains instantly tell us, oh, well, I have to get high for that. And so like a friend and I were, were talking about this the other day and she's like, yeah, well, my kid, you know, he's sad and all these things are happening, but he doesn't relate to, because he hasn't gone through that, yet of you know, Oh, wait, let me go have a drink for that. No, let me go do that. And so it gets like the holidays come and the holiday blues come. And now we're trapped in our house. And, you know, our brains go back because we work off memory. Our brains, like for those of you guys who don't know, our brains work off memory. We go off of things that we've done in the past. And that's how 
how we remember things our whole entire life. Like we remember math and remember names and whatever. So like as a person in recovery, it's really hard to retrain the brain to like when you get sad or when something happens, our brains just go right back to, oh, I need to go find that release of the dopamine and I need to go get the stress reliever and oh, I don't know how to have fun unless I this. So we have to like, it gets so much more harder, harder and complicated. So like these kids, you know, go to your dance class and they're not, they don't have to, I love how you just said that because I'm like stressing over this all winter long thinking, how do we get these people to not revert back to, I need to drink because I'm stuck in the house and I'm trapped. I need to drink because I'm mourning the loss of my parents. I need to drink because my best friend just overdosed. I need to drink because, or whatever, I just lost my job. You know, yeah. it's, it's so hard to to go through that. I mean, you can't teach somebody that. You just have to obviously help them retrain their brain. Right, know, and, and right, and that's like what, that's kind of like the whole, the whole thing with um, Recovery Vibe, you know, is that like, you know, and eventually we want to, we want to include um, writing, and, you know, like guitar, whatever, like a bunch of like, but it's creative expression, right? Because, um, you know, in our, in our, in our addiction and our, um, you know, that life that we were leading, like we lose all care for passion or for, for the things that we love, but even like, we don't, we don't even know that like the creative side of things, like, we'll definitely like it accesses parts of the brain that, you know, helps us like re- rewire those pathways right so we can like oh when i'm stressed out i'm gonna you know like that's why we tell people to like if you start to feel like triggered go outside you know or 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 or, you know tell like just do something else with yourself and it will literally like it starts to re re like uh what's the word redirect (laughs) you add your brain trick it yeah yeah exactly so so like yeah that's and so um yeah, I think, I mean, I, the COVID thing has been really hard. I, I know that. I mean, I, in fact, uh, you know, talking to a person from an insurance company, you know, that we work with, that was like, yeah, our mental health claims and substance use claims have gone up. Like, I can't remember the percentage, but it was insane. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Insane, just in 2020. Because um, it's really, it, that's the thing is we need connection, right? We need to, at least I do. You know what we I mean? All, like, I, We all need connection. Especially yeah. trying to get sober, you know. Like, oh, like well, now, I mean, I can't imagine doing it right now. To be honest with you, because I mean, that was my shit when I first got sober. Was just I was going and going and going with people, yeah. doing stuff all day, every day. So I don't even know how people are doing it, but that's why we want, like, we wanted to keep the like the live dance class. You know what I mean? Like with the social distancing, yeah, as much as we can, so we can offer that, you know, that connection. But yeah, um. Yeah. It's so, like you said, it's so easy to, you know, and I still do it not to drugs or alcohol. I don't have like, my brain doesn't do that to me anymore, but I don't worry. I still have times where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get on a plane and I'm just going to fucking go to the middle yeah. of nowhere. And I'm going to talk to anybody again. Yeah. That's funny. I know. I'm trying to disappear and go on all these trips too. Cause I'm like grateful that I'm at the part where bad days are just bad days and bad moments are just whatever's. And, and I know that they pass. What would you say? Like, what is your best advice that you can offer somebody like to somebody who is struggling right now? Cause a lot of people are afraid to reach out and they don't know how to reach out. So like, what would you um, say to someone who was like trying to honor on the, almost on the fence to wanting to get better? Um, so you're talking about like, if someone is like, do I get sober? Do I get clean? No, or don't I? It's that time of year. There's so many people now who are like, they want to get sober, but they don't even know how to start. Like, oh what, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, um, what, what do I do? Like, how do I, how do I start? Like, I want to be like you. I want to be happy like you. Like you have you're obviously happy, you're beautiful, you've got your kids back, they like you, you have a job, like, how do you go from being North Temple Gateway, for those of you guys who don't know Gateway, and North Temple, it's the hood, it's the hood, it's a $30 a night hood. Yeah, best believe. Yeah, you know, like, um, that's so inspiring. 
So like, what do you say to that? Because it's not just wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, I'm done. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Like, so, you, you know, it was a, it was like, you know, I would, I would say like for, okay, first of all, like you pointed out the fact that we have today, like, so when I tried to get sober in 2007, it was pretty much just like AA, NA, you know, maybe CA. I don't know. Cause I didn't know about that at the time, but we did not have BAM. We did not have FTR. We didn't have soap to help. We didn't have, you know what I mean? Recovery. So we didn't have recovery vibe. We did there was none of that shit that I, at least I didn't know about it. Uh, uh, that was all. And also addiction was a lot more stigmatized. I feel like it's been, you know, like people now share, they're like, I'm, you know, struggling or I got two days sober or whatever. That didn't used yeah. to be the case. And I think because of that, if you, if someone, if you're like, literally like you're, you're contemplating, you know, doing this, um, like, I mean, no one can do it for you. That is for sure. But I will say this, there are so many of us out here that will help you. We can't take it away from you, but we can walk with you and sit with you while you go through it. We can help you walk through it. Cause I know like it's terrifying. It's terrifying. The, the thought of getting you like, even, I mean, I had like family members that were like, you can go to treatment. I'm like, uh, -uh. like I did not know how to not do that life. You know what I mean? I was, and I was addicted to the hustle and the, 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 the sex work and all that stuff as much as I was drugs. But anyway, like, yeah, the thing is, is we have platforms like this. We have Facebook and we have, you know, where, where, I mean, you could just DM somebody and you're like, listen, I, I want, I want to know more about what, you know, what I can. And I mean, if, if treatment is for you, like that's, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of options. Like a lot of people, the people that I, you know, knew out there didn't have insurance didn't have money. So there, you know, there's like, you know, Odyssey house, the Haven, seventh street, um, you know, where your spirit, like places that take Medicaid, um, journey. I'm trying, trying to, I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I'm just having a hard time. Steps. Yeah. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot Yeah, plenty of, of treatment centers that will, that will take Medicaid, right. They take town. Um, and you know, and, 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 and we'll help you get it, get town if you don't have it. But, um, you know, I also just, I suggest anybody like whether or not you want to do 12 steps, I just think it's a good place to go to meet people in recovery. You know what I mean? Whether or not that's going to be what you're going to pursue. I still don't think it's a bad idea. Cause it puts, gets you in a safe, a safe spot for an hour. Um, and you know, you get to meet people. Um, yeah. but yes, absolutely. There's so many of us. And like, I'm also, I'm very, I'm open to people. It's what I do for a living. You know what I mean? If, if people call me and they want to like, ask me, you want to, want to, you know, send a message to me on messenger. Hey, can you talk? Yeah, I can. That's part of, that's part of my, that's what keeps me sober. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is turning around and helping you when, you know, when you need help. So, I mean, there's this, there's a lot of options now, you know, you can, re your recovery can look like going to the gym, you know, like FTR is a great, you know, it's just one, another, a different kind of thing, right? Everything's, yeah. um, but at the very beginning, for sure, you need to get in the middle of the herd. You know what I mean? And don't, and, yeah. and just, that's the, the, the biggest fear to get over is, is asking for help, but we are all, I know I can probably speak for you. We are here yeah, to help. For sure. I think everybody, and I always say it, you know, even if you only do it in your treatment or whatever, like, I think everybody should do the steps one time, just like, kind of like you said, if that's how you end up staying forever, great. If you don't like at least experience them and do them once, you know, get in there, try the crowd. If it doesn't work, I mean, whatever a lot of times i mean we're in a really big area here where it's it's easier I, f I feel for the people like in west virginia that go to the one meeting a day and it's four people <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. like you know yeah. like we're we're blessed here in utah yeah we can still even with covid i can still find a live meeting i mean i have to wear a mask and i have to be six feet from people but either way i can still find a meeting where i get to be with, with you know, every yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been it's definitely been a challenge for sure. How do how so? How do you guys spend your holidays? What's that like? It's gonna be weird here. Like, how was Thanksgiving? Did you guys? So Thanksgiving was weird. I mean, well, it, I mean, oh, so I went to my dad's and like there was just like four of us. You know what I mean? It was really and that's a huge side of my family. My mom's house was like mm, we were very socially distanced, masks on the whole time, and it was very short. You know, like just because you know, like, and I don't, I, my parents, they're, they're not stoked, you know what I mean? They don't, and I don't want to expose them to COVID if, you know, like, yeah, like personally, I'm, you know, 
I did not uh, face my own mortality on a daily basis to be really afraid of that. But I also don't want to be <laughs> someone that contributes to other people being sick. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, try to, I, I try to be cool. I try to be cool. So it turns, it turns out my family's doing, a, they're just doing Zoom Christmas now. That, so they kind of tried to do Thanksgiving. And then they were like, eh, we're so close to a vaccine. I don't want to do it. So my parents, they're just going to do a Zoom, both, both sides, my dad's and my mom's, they're going to just do zoom christmas so that's what it's gonna look like my kids are gonna come over yeah. and and hang it's out but crazy. Yeah. yeah ours thanks for you are you are you are you guys shutting it down for your we're not okay. doing well i live in my parents basement so i'm if if i didn't live here i'm pretty sure there it would have been a zoom thanksgiving but i had this like gnarly cold that i got like swear the day before thanksgiving so my dad, everybody was just like this to me. And I'm like, yeah. I got a COVID test. Or it was a couple of days before, so I was negative. Um, but it was just like, it's uncomfortable. It was just uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncomfortable. You know and everything yeah. with mask on. Weird in the house. My dad sat in a whole different room and was like, I'm not coming anywhere in there. I'm not getting sick. I'm not doing it. And I was like, hey, are you doing over there? <laughs> you know, but whatever. And Christmas will just be, it's, it's interesting. And I feel like in our home, I mean, there, nobody's going without here and yeah. my job, I do bail bonds. And so nobody goes to jail right now. And so my paycheck is like, there just is no paycheck this month. And, but, but I'm okay with it. Cause like the time that I've spent with my girls since, I mean, like, if they ever wanted to make up for lost time, if they got all the mom they ever needed for the years that I was gone over this whole entire spring over summer and COVID in the beginning of that and now. But like we're gonna just have like a simple Christmas. Um, but I don't think anybody here, I mean, I could get a thousand gifts if I wanted to, but I'm just not. I'm not worried about it. Like they're 12 and 13 and they'll have a couple of little somethings and it's perfect. Like I'm right. not stressed about it. I'm not crying thinking. And I think that's just because I'm finally at a good place in my recovery where I'm just like, you know what? We're here together as a family. And it's like in this weird chaos, like we have a tree. I got my tree and it's perfect. And I just, I just feel so grateful because we could be out on the streets right now and it's freezing and so every morning i i'm just like we're in a house and it's hot and you guys got food <laughs> you know yeah. that's the same thing we eat every single night like just i i just feel like i'm just not worried about it which i'm surprised because everybody freaks out at christmas like my kids need to have a thousand gifts but i don't even think they give a shit they just going to play on their electronics yeah no you know what it's amazing what humility will do to you if you let it right yeah. yeah like that's something that we we like as not everybody in recovery is like this but like that's something that has been a gift to me is that i'm now like oh shit like i'm very grateful for what i have and i'm very like you said like my whole mindset of what's important has shifted completely like i yeah i don't care about shit that i thought was do or die you yeah. know like before. there's some people this would be the end of the world and i'm like dude if i have You're to like, go to we got a damn tree yeah we got a tree and it'll work, you know, like, it's just, I'm just a great, they, my kids might not understand it, but I have like this over like calming sense of just, it's all going to be okay. And, and normally I'm a future tripper and normally it's all anxiety and my poor kids and my blah, 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 but it's, dude, it's 2020. That's where I'm at. Like, yeah, no. That's where serenity comes from, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, that's something that I was taught in AA is that, you know, living like just for, to you know, in here and now, right? Like not, you know, and, and not being able to like not tripping on stuff you can't do anything about, yeah. you know what I mean? And just like being cool with what's happening right now. Like you said, like, don't the future is we can't do anything about it in the past. Yeah. You know? I don't even think they notice. Like they're so into their games. I mean, they notice a little, but but and they're not gonna have nothing. But like right. the extreme that I used to think it had to be, like I feel like COVID taught my family something totally different. Like we just appreciate things for what they are. Cause yeah. I could we could be sitting here negative and hating every single second about all the whole world and then we'd just be a shit girl. Right. You know? 
Yeah, so, you taught them. You taught them like the, um, you know, it's like the stuff that you learned in recovery, right? Like that's, like, there's nothing you can do about COVID, right? And like right. being being angry and being like pissed off and annoyed and you know all of that stuff that some of us experience sometimes does not change the fact that it's here, right? So. Right. Yeah, you might as well just fucking have, like you said, like draw closer to each other. Like that's that's yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's been like beautiful because when we talk about dysfunction, like the whole neighborhood used to hear this house fighting, and I was half the problem. You know what I mean? So now it's like we sit and watch TV all the time, and we're binge watching shows with my dad, who him and I never had a relationship before. My mom and my older. It's been like it's 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 beautiful. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what that was my whole entire life. And now lucky for my dad, you know, everybody here in Utah is sober. So my big sister's sober too. And I am, so we're not like just being sick people in a room. It's, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Like I'm grateful for sure. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I'm blessed. We're blessed. We are all blessed. Well, thanks. Let's, we don't have to, I know you're working. And I just got some weird things popping up on my watch. <laughs> it just threw me off. It was weird. Like it was just weird. It started you off weird. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you so much for joining us. I is it this thing, Rachel? Huh? No, I think it is. That's why I'm just like I'm like I think it was because I'm pretty sure it's like because you look all like uh. I'm just like dude. I'm pretty sure that there's nothing there. I think it's all the time. Not that I want it. It's just, dude, I have like PTSD. Cause like guys, like you already know, like I have PTSD from being sober and um, men who just think that that's normal. Oh my I god, it's control. It's out of control. Men, <laughs> men watching this, I want you to know something. We do it's not. Okay. I repeat, we do not want dick pics. Okay, yeah. unless we ask you for it, but yeah. that's the only time. Other than that, please the don't, only do time. don't 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 start off the combo with it. Don't don't no. like in the beginning when I used to like just try to expand my um like sobriety network, I would just accept all the guys and then oh. the, the videos come in, okay? Like videos, like real videos, and you're like, dude, I don't even know what like I PTSD, it's there. I know. I'm always like, this, does this work for you? It must work for you somewhere because you're doing this. Like that's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Like I just imagine that girls must teach men that it's okay because it's so common. Mm-hmm. They, like I don't know, dude. It baffles me. So yeah, girls don't like it. <laughs> oh, ew. I freaking love you. Yeah, I love you too. Yeah. So thank you. Have a wonderful night. I love you. Love you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.